This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, Objectivity means removing you, the subjective part, from the equation. Just think, what happens when we give others advice? Their problems are crystal clear to us. The solution's obvious. Something that's present when we deal with our own obstacles is always missing when we hear other people's problems. The baggage. With other people, we can be objective. We take the situation at face value and immediately set about helping our friend solve it. Selfishly and stupidly, we save the pity and the sense of persecution and the complaints for our own lives. Take your situation and pretend it is not happening to you. Pretend it is not important, that it doesn't matter. How much easier would it be for you to know what to do? How much more quickly and dispassionately could you size up the scenario and its options? You could write it off, greet it calmly. End quote. And those are the words of author, philosopher, and podcast host Ryan Holiday. Ryan was born June 16, 1987, in Sacramento, California, and he's just a couple of years younger than me and far more successful. I didn't say that researching these episodes is always fun and joyous, listener. But I joke. Ryan has been a consultant and author for much of his adult life, and his third book, The Obstacle is the Way, being the one for which he is most well-known. Now, several well-known and successful athletes and coaches cited as highly influential on them, And, as you would expect, I have read the book and also enjoyed it greatly. One of my previous guests, Kenny Brown, who was on in episode 41, if you're interested, great interview. He actually recommended it to me, and I can't remember, he might have even recommended it to me in that very episode. And it's one of those books, sort of like Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, that I think, personally, should be in the top five must-read books of adulthood. There's just so much to learn there. In fact, I've wanted to do a Ryan Holiday quote for quite some time because I enjoyed his book so much, and I copied much of that book into my quote book because there's so much good material in there. I almost feel like it needs its own episode or series of episodes, but choosing which quote to pull from the book to bring to you here was very difficult. So don't be surprised if you see the name Ryan Holiday pop up again in the future because there's just that much good material in that book that is worth bringing to this podcast. And if I haven't made it clear, it's a great book. It's small and it's easily read. It's only about 150, 160 pages. And it brings a modern stoic framework to us all on which we can hang our lives. And stoicism has become very popular in the last decade or so and is defined loosely as the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint. In short, and probably reductively, it's the stiff upper lip approach to life. And we've talked at length about the challenges of life. We all have them and they all suck. We know this, and you may even be experiencing one of those challenges yourself right now. I mean, hopefully it's the challenge isn't this podcast directly, but hey, I guess it could be. And the alternative, of course, is an emotional response. Perhaps it's anger, or sadness, or fury, or depression. And 
Of course, I'm oversimplifying here, but I think we all know how we would like to respond to the vicissitudes of life. None of us want to be wrecked and left curled up in the corner, shaken and traumatized every time something bad happens to us. We want to be strong. We want to be resilient. Arguably, the epitome of resilience is stoicism, right? Because remember, resilience is the ability to bounce back after a difficulty. Well, if you never have to cave or give at all, because you can respond to challenges and endure hardships without a display of feelings or without complaint, then arguably, I suppose, in the extreme, stoicism is the ultimate version of resilience. And Holiday's point in today's quote and in all of the other quotes in his book and the book as a whole is that it's a learnable skill, right? The, the premise of the book, the obstacle is the way, is that leaning into that obstacle, leaning into that challenge is the way that you overcome it. If there's an obstacle there, you're headed down the right path. Now, as we know, just from our own anecdotal experience with life, new skills are first developed through exposure, right? You have to be presented or see that which you desire to be in action. Perhaps that's a person in your life, whether it's a parent or a coach or a mentor or a friend or a spouse, who seems unshakable, right? You may already have someone in mind. Perhaps it's a book. Maybe you're reading or have read Holiday's book or another book on Stoicism. And you've thought, wow, I'd like to be like that. I'd like to be more resilient. I'd like to be able to endure hardship without complaint. That is your exposure. That's the first step to a new skill. And then, and I guess this technically could be the first step, but you need to be discontented with what you're currently doing. Why become a Stoic if you're simply okay with being shaken from time to time and don't think that that's the end of the world? I'm not saying that Stoicism is necessarily superior to every other way of doing things. There are some that would, but I'm saying maybe it's okay in your eyes or my eyes or our eyes to respond to trauma and difficulty with a bit of an emotional response. Maybe it's cathartic. Maybe it allows us to get beyond it more quickly than sitting there and trying to just take it on the chin the way a Stoic might. So if you're okay with that, then you lack the next step in the change process, which is the need to be discontented. So let's assume that you are discontented. Now it's time to change. You're now discontented and you have an example of how you would like to change. Great. Now you begin practicing that skill. And particularly in the case of things going sour in your life, it's only a matter of time before that happens. Again, any moment. Then boom, you're trying. You're taking tips and tricks and ideas you found in books and online and in videos. And your own creativity even. And off you go. And naturally, of course, there are some criticisms of stoicism. Just because you're practicing it and you want to be like it doesn't mean it's the best thing. Again, there are faults that lie with everything. And some of the criticisms of stoicism are that it promotes apathy or even in the extreme sociopathy or that you don't feel anything. That it's overly masculine or overly self-centered, etc. And I'll leave it to you, or perhaps another podcast, to pull at the stoic threads separately. But they're there. There are criticisms, and they should be explored, especially if this is something you're thinking about making into a major change in your life. And one of the first problems that you're likely to encounter in any effort, not just stoicism, 
is getting out of your own way. In other words, maintaining objectivity. And that's what today's quote is about. So let me read it to you once more to set the stage for the rest of our analysis. Quote, Objectivity means removing you, the subjective part, from the equation. Just think, what happens when we give others advice? Their problems are crystal clear to us. The solution's obvious. Something that's present when we deal with our own obstacles is always missing when we hear other people's problems. The baggage. With other people, we can be objective. We take the situation at face value and immediately set about helping our friends solve it. Selfishly and stupidly, we save the pity and the sense of persecution and the complaints for our own lives. Take your situation and pretend it is not happening to you. Pretend it is not important, that it doesn't matter. How much easier would it be for you to know what to do? How much more quickly and dispassionately could you size up the scenario and its options? You could write it off. Greet it calmly. End quote. And I'll tell you, listener, that this quote echoes in my soul. This happens to me all the time. You see, I love talking to people. I love hearing people's problems or concerns and helping them arrive at a solution. Sometimes, dare I say, it feels natural or even easy. And if that sounds like you, well, welcome to the dichotomy of problem solving. I see this most prominently when I attempt to help my wife with a challenge she may be experiencing. Let's say it's a work problem. And any of you who happen to work with my wife that are listening can stop listening now. Thank you. But often, when she comes home with a problem that originated at work, very quickly I'm able to say, ah, here's what you should do. And of course, the psychologists out there may be saying, well, that's probably not the right approach anyway, and you're probably right. But let's say that it's a relatively small problem and the solution is relatively straightforward to me, but not to her. And of course, I know that this is the case, because I've even said to her, well, that's easy for me to say because I don't have to look that person in the eye and say that. Or easy for me to say, as it's not my career or my job that's on the line. And that is what Holiday is arguing we should be doing for our own problems, in much the same way as we do for others. And as Holiday does throughout the book, he injects a bit of humor in the quote when he says that we save the pity and persecution and complaints for ourselves. We say things like, yeah, that would work, but my situation is different. I couldn't possibly do that. That would be too difficult. Or don't be ridiculous. And on and on. But let's think about it for a minute. My wife and I have different jobs, but we both have problems, related usually to people, as most problems are. Why would I consider her people and her problems any differently than I consider my own? Or, put better, why would I consider my problems different than the way I would handle her problems? Probably because I'm not practicing what Holiday is advising here. Perhaps I need to be more objective, less emotional, more stoic, less reactive, etc., and this is a project all its own. It's not easy, but importantly, it can be done. I can learn to be more objective, less pitying, and more fair across the board. I can remove myself from the equation. And if I can do this, I'll actually decrease my cycle time and my churn on a problem. Thus, freeing up time and increasing my capacity and my available bandwidth to do any number of other things. And that is appealing. That sounds like an effort well worth the time. So as you approach your problems, as you go forth today and you invest your time in a variety of things, perhaps helping other people solve problems while neglecting your own, maybe stop for a moment and think. 
If I was a casual outside observer looking inward at my problem, what would I do? When we consider the world from that perspective, when we consider if I asked an independent third party what the best way to handle my problem might be, we often end up finding that the solution is relatively simple and straightforward. There's an old quote, an old saying, and I'm going to misattribute it and, and probably misquote it altogether. But basically the quote says, you always know the right thing to do. Almost immediately. The hard part is actually doing it. And I think that's true in this scenario. In our scenarios with our lives. We often know what it is that we need to do. We need to end that relationship. We need to correct that person on the thing that they did wrong. We need to extricate ourselves from this sticky situation that's not going to do anything but land us in trouble. But the hard thing is actually doing it. And the best way, and the way that Holiday recommends that we do that, is to take ourselves out of the problem. To look at it objectively. To consider what an independent third party would say. If I asked my wife how I should handle a specific problem, would she say, Ah yes, it's easy. This is what you do. There's a good chance she's right. And what I've learned from today's episode is that, one, we need more philosophy episodes on this podcast, and two, that I need to go reread The Obstacle is the Way. And you should, too. Do it. It's really that good. You'll thank me later. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod. Or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks, as always, for listening.